Good morning. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of John. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I bring good tidings from Kingsport and many people told me to say hello. And every time I get up and repeat that, I think people are thinking, why does he say that? I know if I next time I'm at church, someone's going to come up to me and say, did you tell him I said hi? And I can't go back saying I didn't tell him. But we think of you all often. John chapter 10 and verse 1. We'll read the first 14 verses of John chapter 10. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine. The title of my message is Am I One of the Lord's Sheep? Am I One of the Lord's Sheep? I was given advice when I first started preaching to try to stay away from the word I to be inclusive, to talk to people in a way that you are talking with them because you believe the gospel and I'm, Lord willing, preaching it and things are we and us. But I'm going to break that this morning because this question is one that must we must ask ourselves. We must ask, am I one of the Lord's sheep? And I want everyone to ask themselves that. No matter what age we are, we have to ask ourselves this question. Am I one of the Lord's sheep? Another way of saying this is, am I saved? But using these verses, I'm going to keep, I'm going to stick with, am I one of the Lord's sheep? Now, for the better part of 40 years, I have asked myself that question at many different times. And I've had a few different answers. I have had times in my life where my answer to that question, am I one of the Lord's sheep, has been no. Look at me. No. That's an easy answer. It's no. I've had other times where I've asked myself that question and I've said yes. Whether that's by 
faith or confidence or more likely arrogance? I've said yes a few times. But more often than not, my answer is somewhere in between those two. Something along the lines of, I don't know, I have my doubts. I have my doubts because I'm not worthy. I look at myself and I think, I'm not worthy to be one of his sheep. I have my doubts because of my, my ability. I don't have a, an ability to make myself one of his sheep. I see things that we read there and I think, I, I can't do that stuff. I have my doubts because of my lack of faith. I have my doubts because of my unbelief. I have doubts for a lot of reasons. All of these reasons, all of these things are problems that I have. They're my own problems. They're I problems, me problems. They are all doubts with me. They are not doubts with the Lord. Let me give you an illustration of how much I have struggled with this. At some point 15 or so years ago when I lived in Lexington, I decided one evening that I wanted to ask the pastor, Todd Nybert, if I could be baptized. I had heard throughout my life men say things about if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you should be baptized. So I decided the next day I was going to go over and ask him to be baptized. Well, I left and drove to go see him. And I didn't make it there. So at some point a little later on, I don't know if it was days or weeks, I made the decision to go again. So I drove over there. Well, I didn't make it there again. And then I decided to go over there, and I got to the parking lot, pulled in, backed out, and went back the other direction I came. And this went on for quite a while, over a year. There were times I got into the parking lot, and I couldn't put the car in park. There were times I got in the parking lot and just couldn't open the door to go in. There was one time I got enough confidence that I walked inside, walked in to talk to Todd, and after a couple moments of pleasantries, he said, so what brings you here? To which I panicked and said, I just wanted to talk to you about Kentucky basketball. I kept doing that because I kept going back to the same thing. I'm not worthy. I don't believe. I don't have faith. I kept looking at myself. And what at some point finally I heard in someone preaching a message, I realized that my doubts were with me. That when I thought to myself about me not being worthy, I thought, but he's a worthy sacrifice. I thought about, I don't have the ability to save myself, but he is able to save to the uttermost. I thought, I, I don't have any faith. He is faithful to the end. Once I thought of these things, I realized that our focus is always on the wrong part of the question. When I ask, am I one of the Lord's sheep? I look at, am I one of the Lord's sheep? The focus needs to be on Him, on the Lord. We see, when we look at I, we look at what we can do, how we're involved, what part we play. And this is false religion's greatest ruse, their greatest trick. Make salvation about our favorite topic, ourselves. Give us a decision. Tell us to make a choice. Do anything to take our eyes off Christ. If you go to any conference on sales or read a book or anything, everything all comes to the same thing. You find what that person wants and then you sell that to them. 
You find out what they need. So religion just realizes we want to be able to do it ourselves. So they tell us we can do it. Or we want to not convince, we want to not be sinners, so they just tell us we're not that bad. And if we realize we are sinners, they tell us, well, if you do good now, everything will be fine. They will do anything, or we do anything, to take our eyes off Christ. The key to this question, as with any question, is the Lord. So, if you were asking me this question, am I one of the Lord's sheep? Think about if you went to the hospital, to the nursery, to all the newborn babies. Do you go up to one of those babies, one of those infants, and ask them who their father is? No, you go to the father and ask them which one is theirs. And the father is the one who is looking over them. Their father is the one who loves them, the one who takes care of them, the one who spends every moment thinking about that child. We must go to the Lord to see if we're one of His sheep. We must go to Him to see if we're one of His children. Now let's look a few more verses in this passage and look at our Lord, our Savior. Look at verse 14 with me. It says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. We get stuck or I get stuck in these verses at the things that say the sheep follow the shepherd. The sheep knows the shepherd. The sheep won't follow someone else. The sheep knows the shepherd's voice. And we keep thinking to ourselves, I, I don't follow him. I don't, I don't listen to his voice. But what we don't realize is what those all those things it says that the sheep do, there's a precursor to that. Look at verse 14. The end says, the sheep are known of him. Look at this. It says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep. He knows his sheep. That's why his sheep know him. He knows his sheep. He leadeth them. I must bring. It says, I must bring. It's they shall bring. Look at verse 15. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. It says we know Him because He knows us. There's always what He did comes before what we do. The evidence of being saved is in what the Lord has done for us. So we do it. The sheep follow the shepherd. The sheep follow the shepherd because He has the authority and they know who he is. He has made himself known of them. The sheep don't learn him. They don't know him because of something they did. It's because he knows them. And it says, And I lay down my life for the sheep. Our Lord is faithful. He did what was required for his sheep. He lays down his life for them. His sacrifice on the cross. He did what his sheep needed to be saved. Look at verse 16. And the other sheep, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Our shepherd is faithful to the end for every last sheep. Turn over to Luke 15. Luke 15. Look at verse 4 of Luke 15, or verse 3. And the Lord spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? I don't know if I was the only person, as a child especially, that heard that, 
that who, if you had a hundred sheep and you lost one, who's not going to leave the 99 and go get the one? I don't know if I was the only one as a kid who thought to myself, I'm not leaving the 99 and going and getting one. Why would I do that? I've got 99 still. I've thought if I go get that one, I'm going to come back and I've got 90. Our Lord is able to do these things. Our Lord leaves the 90 and 9, and the reason He leaves them is because they're already secure. He has them. He's taking care of them. Look at verse 5. And when He hath found it, He layeth on His shoulders, rejoicing. And when He cometh home, He calleth together His friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with Me, for I have found My sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. To think that when we wander, our Lord comes to get us, puts us on His back, and comes back celebrating us. That's what He does. That's how much He loves us. And in example of this, it says in heaven, likewise, there's celebration and joy over one sinner that repenteth. Go back to our text. Look at verse 17. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Our Lord loves us, so He laid down His life. But this was not an ordinary sacrifice. This is not a sacrifice in the way that we think of the word. If I were to sacrifice myself for something, I am giving myself and I I can't come back from that. A sacrifice is giving something you can't get back. Our Lord is such a sacrifice that He laid down His life for His sheep that He might take it again. That He was victorious over death. And it says, because He laid down His life, He did it willing. To have a willing shepherd, this is not something that He had to do because He felt like this was His duty to them. He loved them and He must lay down His life for them because of His love for them. Not only that, but He did it because His Father asked Him to do it. He was told to do so. That I might take it again. Look in verse 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. I worry about my ability to be saved. But our Lord, His ability is never in question. His power is never to be doubted. Look at verse 19. We'll read a few verses here. There was a division, therefore again, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not because you are not of my sheep as I said unto you. The only way that any person can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ is if that He chose us to be His sheep. No one will ever believe on Him unless He makes Himself known to us. He saved us. He chose us. He died for us. He did all of those things. 
And because of that, He makes us to know Him. He makes us to do that. Verse 26, But ye believe not, because ye are not of My sheep, I said unto you, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of My hand. I give unto them eternal life. We don't earn it. It's a gift. He gave it to us. And they shall never perish because He is the giver of eternal life. Nothing can ever happen to one of His sheep. Nothing ever can happen to them. Neither shall any man pluck them out of My hand. There's no one who can oppose our Lord. Verse 29, My Father which gave them Me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of My Father's hand. I and my Father are one. This passage shows us our Shepherd, our Lord, has done everything. He has done every single part of salvation. He has done everything for us. There is no way that we can ever doubt Him in any regard. Yet, verse 31, the natural response, then the Jews took up stones again to stone Him. Our Lord said, I chose a people awful sinners who are totally unworthy. And I died for them. I saved them. And I ascended onto a throne in glory for them. And they have eternal life because of this. And man's natural response, and this is us too, is I want to kill him. In all his goodness, in his mercy, in his grace, our response is I will not have that man to reign over me. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? We so often get lost on the wrong thing. We see the sheep hear His voice, the sheep follow Him. But all of those things are things that He has done for us. We do them because of what He has done for us. There's a a, a song that I love so much, Be Thou My Vision. And in that song, there are a few phrases such as, only thing in my heart, the heart of my heart, whatever befall. That song tells us if only the Lord could be the only thing we see. If every time we opened our eyes, it was through a filter of the Lord Jesus Christ. In everything, every good thing, every bad thing, every neutral thing, everything, if we could just see our Lord in everything. And that's something we're just totally dependent upon Him. Now I realize that I asked a question at the beginning of this that said, Am I one of the Lord's sheep? And then I follow that up with saying we have to ask ourselves that question. But I haven't really given us any help on how to answer that. Because it would make sense that when I said I had said no, I don't know, and yes, to that question, that it would be a linear thing. Because I think that's the way most people feel about it. If I am saved, the first thought is no, and then I learn a little bit of maybe, And then at some point later in life, yes, I am. But that's not how this works. I'm such an up and down of emotions and everything that from moment to moment, day to day, my answer to that question varies. In that moment the Lord gives me faith, I think to myself, yes, He saved me. And then just moments later, I just thought, there's no way I'm saved. Because of this, no one can answer this question for themselves in that regard. But we have to ask it. And no one can help us. I said the am I saved. My 
My mom can't answer. My grandparents can't answer. My wife. No one can answer that question for us. Nobody can answer it. So we need a different thought. I keep saying we need to focus on the Lord. We need to ask the question that comes. Look over here with me. Well, actually, I just want to tell you this. In Peter, it tells us, or Peter goes through this example. When the Lord came to Peter after he denied him three times, Peter had shown that he was not worthy of anything. This is us. This is why this story is so good for us. The Lord told Peter he was going to deny him. And then Peter denied him. And Peter denied him. And Peter denied him. And then the Lord came back to Peter and he asked him one question. He asked him one thing. He said, Peter, do you love me? There is only one question we must answer to find out if we're one of the Lord's sheep. Do I love the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, that question is one that if we ask everybody, most people are going to say, yes, I love Him. But it's very important that we look at this in the exact same regard to the first question. We can't focus on, do I love the Lord? But let's focus on the Lord. We can't say we love Him because that's what everybody else thinks. Because we want everyone else to think. If someone's asked this question in public, do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? I have a feeling most people would say yes, even if they could care less, because they want other people to think that answer. There are some people who say they love the Lord because they are, no, they are worried of what He can do to them. They're scared that the king has judgment. There have been a lot of people over history who have bowed before a king that they hate because they're scared of his power. Then another reason people say they love the Lord is because they want the benefits. They want the reward. But how do we know if we truly love the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the first thing is we love Him no matter what happens. We love Him whether He saved us or not. We love the Lord Jesus Christ because He gets all the glory. We love that when it comes to salvation, no one gives me credit. We love that the Lord gets all the credit. We love that He is just in all His ways. We love that no matter what He does to us, for us, in us, it is His right. He has the authority to do it. We love Him because He is the only hope for salvation. When the Lord Jesus Christ shows a person that they are completely dependent upon Him for everything, that's the first step in realizing who He is. If you understand and you think, I have no hope for salvation but Him, what does that make you do? That makes you look to Him. Because He has shown you this. He made Himself known unto you so you know the shepherd. So many people think that church attendance is a big part of if someone's saved or not. Well, it has no bearing on it. But if you love the Lord, you want to hear His gospel preached every moment you can. So many people think that I got baptized and that's all I need. Well, that's, that's irrelevant. But if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, then you want everyone to know that you love Him. 
that you recognize that I died in Him. That I was buried in Him. And that when He ascended on the throne, I'm in Him. When we realize that, everything we need, everything we have, is all in the Lord Jesus Christ. We love Him because He is worthy of our praise. He is due our love. He is faithful no matter what. The Gospel is the truth whether He saved us or not. We can hear this message, we can read this book, and we can argue it, we can deny it, we can pick it apart in any way we feel necessary. But it doesn't matter because this is the truth no matter what we believe. When we're trying to answer the question, am I one of the Lord's sheep? When we want to know, are we saved? The greatest evidence is if we truly love the Lord Jesus Christ. But to end, let me say this. I hope this has been evident, but I need to say it to make sure we understand. We love Him because He first loved us. There's there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing from from our text that we know Him, we follow Him, all of those things that it says we do. Again, all of that is because He did it first. He chose us. He became a man and lived perfectly because we're sinners. He died for us. He paid the sin debt that we couldn't pay. We have a death sentence. And unless we're in Him, we died in Him, that's what we get. And He was buried and then He arose victorious. This is repetitive, but it, it, we have to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ did it all. And we are completely dependent upon Him. Am I one of the Lord's sheep? More importantly, do I love the Lord Jesus Christ? I beg Him that He gives us a love for Him. Now one day, our love for Him right now, it's, it's as fickle as anything else. But one day, we will love Him in a way that He's deserving of us. One day, we will all at the same time all be looking to the Lord, to our shepherd, and love Him because we'll see what He actually did for us. All right.